Thanks for joining us, faithful listeners. You're listening to the 801 Horror Cult here at Antipants and Mary Postmortem. Woo! Today, listeners, I come to you with some very, very sad news. Very sad. Not only is it still winter. <laughs> That's the worst of it all. <laughs> but I, your beloved Mary Postmortem, am going to transition from my bodily dead form into the spiritual realm where I will work with our phantom to do all the magic on these tracks because I'm not going to be on this side being the hostess. I'm going to be on the other side with Zach. Making fun of this hostess. (laughs) And telling him what to cut. Kara sounds stupid in this. Take her off. (laughs) She's going on a ramble about something, and I don't even know what this means. She's rambling, and no one can, like, bring her back because she's by herself. There's a whole lot of breathing and squeaky chair noises here. We should probably cut this. (laughs) Is there a lot of my breathing in there? No. I was like, should I breathe harder? (sighs) (sighs) There's a lot of, like, hitting where, like, I know you've hit your glasses on the mic or, like, I've hit something on the table. It is true. And my chair does squeak We're very clumsy. And you know how, how, like, I pretend I'm Italian and I always have to talk with my hands? (laughs) Yeah. I have to Ricky Bobby it up. Hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. As I hit my mic. (laughs) I'm just going to leave them here. (laughs) We're very sad. Yeah. Stupid life and all of its adulting responsibilities. Damn it. Can't do fun things like have a podcast. Gotta go, you know, kill myself. Just kidding. I was already dead. I just. (laughs) Remember. I like hanging out in my body. That's all. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can haunt us every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting rid of me. No. I mean, you can't. I'm going to be in the digital yeah. form now. Yeah, now you're Now super... I get to be the skinwalker. <laughs> I have to sit on you? No, I don't want to be the skinwalker. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I sit on the skinwalker. It is known. That's true. I forget. I forget where the skinwalker is located. Underneath your ass. <laughs> I'm wearing my danger pants today. Dangerous. Yeah, because it's cold, so I can't wear shorts. This was our last opportunity, and we can't <laughs> free, free the, the knee. knee. Okay, next time I'll free the knee for you, Mary. <laughs> so y'all, are you going to wear double shorts? Are you going to wear shorts under your shorts? Yeah, and I'll take a picture of shorts inception. Double shorts? Should I shorts see how many inception. pairs? Shorts I can wear. All right, I'm going to layer so many shorts on for her shoshepshin. <laughs> Sounds like we're Sean Connery. Sean Connery. (laughs) I wear these at work and I sit on the slidey stool when I'm like putting in notes. Mm -hmm. But if I'm in these pants, I sit and I don't realize they slip. And so I fell on the floor a few times. I go to sit and like whoop. Because they're like the polyester nylon that, that slips off the vinyl from the stool. Yep. Today, Kira. Yes. We're going to talk about one of my favorite mysteries to ever come out of Utah. Why you like ginger so much? I mean, that's not exclusive to Utah. <laughs> that's true. So one of my favorite stories to come out of Utah, the mysterious disappearance of grave robber John Baptiste. Oh. Oh. Where's our French listeners? I'm wearing a beret just for this. She is, because it's likely Mr. Baptiste was a Frenchman. 
Wee oui, wee. Oui. So the story of John Baptiste is a very interesting one that goes all the way back to 1862 in the Mormon territory that is now known as Utah. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> Every time it's Mormon like themed, I'm just South Park has just made me think of dum 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 dum. So back in January of 1862, back in my day in, in Salt Lake City, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Where a Mr. Brigham Young is the governor, or the governor. Governor. Of the governor. <laughs> the governor of the desert. Desert governor. <laughs> Mom and desert governor. Cabs are here. <laughs> I just referenced Jersey Shore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there was a young man by the name of Moroni, who was clearly a Mormon. Mm-hmm. But a uh, good Moroni Clausen, um ended up being gunned down by police because of a crime that he had committed. So he was buried in January in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. When Moroni was shot down by the police force um, for his crime, he didn't have any proper clothes to be buried in. So Henry Heath, who was an officer at the time, paid for a new suit for him to be buried in. Um, here's where the story turns into John Baptiste and his uh, scandalous crimes. This is where it goes dark. Where it's so dark. <laughs> and like dirty. six feet in a grave. <laughs> so dirty. The man's family, his brother, so another uh, Clausen. I don't know what his name is. It doesn't tell me in the article. But George. George Clausen? Yep. So George Clausen goes to get have his brother exhumed and reburied in a family plot. When he goes to have his brother exhumed, he's surprised that his brother is, the suit is missing. So his brother is not only naked, but he's laying face down in the coffin. So he's been stripped of all of his clothes. He's <laughs> now up. face down in, in his coffin and got reburied in the ground. He's just mooning the world as he's exposed <laughs> I mean, what a great prank to pull on your brother, right? Like, you hear that, Zach? I died before you, and now you get to see my white ass when you go to dig me up. I made you cry twice. As hilarious as digging up a um, booty-fronted corpse would be. Was it a good booty? I mean, it's your brother's booty, so would you be? No, I guess it wouldn't matter. From an outside perspective. I mean, it's over a 200-year-old booty. Do you want it to be a nice... I mean, I guess it's not 200 years old, but like 150. It would not be existent anymore. It would be a nice pelvic bone. <laughs> I'm going to pelvic bone you. I mean, haven't you seen that? Haven't you seen that uh, picture with the two skeletons having sex? And it's like, this is what yeah. it looks like when you don't have bodies. <laughs> yeah, it makes me giggle. It makes me laugh, too, especially since the female skeleton is like, <laughs> like her mouth, like her jaws ajar. Just stick the finger in there. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so aside from the hilarity that is being mooned by your dead brother. <laughs> the final laugh. He, he was obviously upset. And um, the same police officer, Henry Heath, went to the Sexton's house. Now, for those of you who don't know, a Sexton... Is the per is essentially the groundskeeper of a cemetery. They are the person that you know organizes the burials, sets up like the the funeral markers, 
Um, they're the ones that take the flowers off the graves. They're the ones that hire the, the other groundskeepers. Like, they're the person that lives adjacent to the cemetery. They're the one who is in charge of the cemetery, has the cemetery keys and all that jazz. See, I didn't know they were called that. Yep. Sexton. Sweet. Um, Keyword, sex. Sexton. <laughs> so, uh, Police officer Heath went to Sexton Little's home with a couple of other men where he offered no explanation and suggested they go speak with the grave digger, John Baptiste. Monsieur Baptiste. So the police went to Baptiste's home and were talking with his wife. And while they were talking with his wife, interviewing her about, you know, what possibly may have happened to Moroni's body, um, they... He noted, Officer Heath noticed many boxes stacked about the room with bits of soiled clothes sticking out of the boxes. Upon examination, they realized that these boxes contained the clothing of the dead. How weird would that be to take, like, strip naked these corpses? So I want to touch on grave robbing. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if we should do it now or later. We can... But... I'm conflicted because in terms of like respect, that's awful to do. It's Absolutely. very violating. Yeah. Um, to, to rob a grave after it's been laid to rest is, would be like as bad as like, like raping someone. Like it's like that level of mm-hmm. like. Shocking. Of like shocking, of disrespect, of like mm-hmm. uh, uh, invasion. Um and not only that, but they mentioned this in the articles that I found, but Mormons, um, their dum, practices, dum, 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 dum. when they go to be buried, it's very important that you have a um, a body to bury and that you have, you know, a proper encasing and that you have a proper marker and that they're dressed properly because they believe in resurrection and they believe that um, when someone has passed, they will, or rather at the second coming of Jesus all the the dead people that are buried in the ground will then rise up in whatever they're wearing and whatever they have <laughs> and be part of, you know, the kingdom of God again. So, and and this is in the early days of the church uh, under the, the quote-unquote prophet Brigham Young. So the community was outraged about this, that this person was violating all these corpses and that now their loved ones didn't have proper attire for when Jesus came and they were going to be resurrected. So now not only are they uh, flabbergasted that something terrible has happened to their past loved one or their loved ones that have passed, but they, their faith has also now rattled. Um, so the community is the, the community is absolutely outraged. They go, they ask Baptiste about it. They go looking for other graves. Um, officer Heath immediately thought about his daughter, Sarah Melissa Heath, who was born February 3rd, 1852 and died April 6, 1861. So his little daughter, who was about nine years old, she was buried in the cemetery just nine months earlier. He rushed to the cemetery and found Baptiste digging a grave. Immediately upon being accused of grave robbing, Baptiste is said to have dropped to his knees and begged for his life. Um, Heath, pointed to various graves asking Baptiste if he robbed this one or that and then all of them Baptiste answered yes he got to the grave of his beloved daughter Sarah and asked if Baptiste had opened the grave as well Baptiste answered no and Officer Heath and other men took him quickly to the jail before the townspeople get their hands on him the townspeople were so enraged that they wanted to lynch him Mm -hmm. they wanted to come after him put a rope around his neck and tie him up on a tree I mean I guess that's better than like dragging him behind the horses yeah. Um. Yeah. 
It is. I mean, either way, it's brutal. It is brutal. Um, again, we're gonna we're gonna touch back on on the grave robbing because again, I'm conflicted about it because it is disrespectful. At the same time, people are dead. Yeah. What are they gonna need now that they're dead? Um, <laughs> that makes me think of a Frank quote from Sunny. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he specifically said that he hadn't... Well, I think it's interesting that Officer Heath didn't examine his daughter's grave. He yeah. just took Baptiste's word. Like, of course he's going to say no to you. <laughs> but well, the likelihood of him actually doing it is very high. Uh-huh. So if it had been me as a parent, I would have just exhumed my daughter's grave and then probably beat the shit out of the man for so taking suspicious. my daughter's. Like, how do you not check? Exactly. I would check just for peace of mind. Exactly. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, Miss uh, Officer Heath was very upset. Um, he said later in an interview that had Baptiste said yes, he would have killed Baptiste right then and there. So, of course, again, Baptiste probably said no, even though it is likely that he that did. didn't <laughs> happen. So, Baptiste was taken to the jail in Salt Lake County. Um, Police went back to his house and removed boxes of clothing, shoes, and other items taken from over 300 graves. So many. And this is 1862. Utah (laughs) had only been settled for about two decades at this point. Just less than that. 300? That's like the entire fucking cemetery, yo. (laughs) 300? Well, you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, you're you're digging grave. You're a grave digger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and ain't nobody going to know you're digging a grave that was already there. Like, you're yep. just fucking hauling dirt every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, after he was thrown in jail and they identify the 300 graves, there's not too much that's known about what happened. He's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. So, the thing was, is that he hadn't done anything super illegal that would mm-hmm. warrant death. He hadn't done anything super wrong that would warrant a lifetime imprisonment. The problem is, is that everybody was really offended by what he did. And everybody, including the people in jail, wanted to kill him. Lynch mob is ass. This created quite the dilemma for Mr. Brigham Young. Because what do you do? The man's not totally guilty. And yet everybody wants to murder him for doing something that is not respectful but is not technically a crime crime like it's like graffiti let's say it's very minor yeah it's like a on the spectrum on yeah <laughs> so first thing that brigham young does because he's a quote-unquote prophet dum 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 <laughs> don't worry folks who have lost all these items that we're definitely not going to put back in the graves because we don't know who they belong to and that would take too many man hours but don't you worry because god has told me that all of your relatives are still going to arise at the second coming with they're clothes on saved. even though those clothes won't be anywhere near them and even if they were they would have eroded off but it's the 1800s and we didn't know that yet Don't you worry. Magical cloaks. Don't you worry, fellow Mormons. (laughs) Those skeletal bodies that will be there when Jesus comes, they're going to have clothes. Well, technically, if you think about it, your skin's kind of like clothes. I mean, technically, when you think about it, I don't think we're human after we live this life. So why would we need any of it? I, I have a pretty sexy skeleton, I'm pretty sure. 
I mean, if all I know, so when I was Mormon (laughs) and they did, and I did believe in that fairy tale of being resurrected, I did want to ask for my tattoos back. (laughs) Tattoo my bones, please. What does a tattoo is just. Yeah, because supposedly, supposedly, if you have, supposedly, if you mutilate your body in any way, like, let's say I'm in a car accident, I lose my arm. When Jesus comes, I get my arm back. So if I willingly Hmm. destroy my body, like with tattoos, they're going to remove them when Jesus comes back. So I was going to be like, yo, Jesus. So I would become fully Mormon if that's true. Only when I come back, I want better things. Like, I want bigger boobs. Yeah, they don't let you do that either. You get you get well, your prime. So you get the best version of yourself. What if you never hit your best? Yeah. So many questions. Well, I would like the best that has not happened. <laughs> but you don't get that. You only get your prime. No. No, Mormons, you're doing it wrong. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. I want a nice ass because I don't have much of one. And I want giant tatas. I'm okay with just being a skeleton, but if my flesh is if my flesh is there, my tattoos better be there. That's all I'm saying. Can I come back as a vampire? <laughs> or a koala. I want to be a koala. A koala. I is it cuz nobody ever su- suspects the koala? Absolutely. It's not the chlamydia. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's the I mean, cuteness. if you're talking about 1862, chances are it's going to be chlamydia and not a koala. That's true. You might as well be a cute koala if you're going to have chlamydia. You don't want to be a human with chlamydia. You'll just get judged. You'll just get judged. <laughs> but if you're a koala and you have chlamydia, you're, you're just still like, cute, Aww. even though you're infested with diseases. Exactly. I'll still hug you. Chlamydia koala. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. Everybody out there right now, say chlamydia koala. Chlamydia two times. Chlamydia koala. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It's. That is really hard. Twister. It is. If you can do it, record it and post it in our Facebook group. (laughs) I want to hear. (laughs) So after Brigham Young assures his faithful followers that even though the items are not going to be put back, because there's nothing they can do at this point, you're going to be upgraded. They're they're still going to receive glory of the highest without clothes. What if they get gold plated clothes? That'd be cool. I mean, he was probably still in some really good... We're going to get into that. He was probably still in some good stuff. <laughs> Monsieur Baptiste. Um, so the Utah people were in an uproar. They demanded that Baptiste, Baptiste was brought to justice. Dum, 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 dum. Brigham Young stated in his sermon that he felt hanging or shooting Baptiste would be too easy of punishment and life in pr- prison would do nobody any good. So he then decided that the only option left would be to exile Baptiste to a small island in the Great Salt Lake. Dum, 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 dum. (laughs) I love the idea that they exiled someone to an island in the 1800s. And I love that they did it for grave robbing because there's so many things (laughs) wrong with both of those. Well, not only that, it's not like that island is that far away. That brings us to our next point of interest in this story, Kira. Thank you. Dum, dum, dum. So sometime in the spring of 1862, John Baptiste was taken by wagon to the larger Antelope Island. When? Now, when they got to Antelope Island, because of the tide and how low it is, a person could easily swim to shore from Antelope Island to 
the Utah mainland because it's not like you've left Utah, but you're in the middle of the fucking lake. <laughs> yeah, you're so, not in the ocean. You're not in the you're not in the ocean. No, 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 ocean. oh no, you're not in the ocean. No, there, there's you're a in the lake. Big, you're in the big desert lake that smells like shrimp. <laughs> it really does. Now I want shrimp. And there are <laughs> seagulls and seaweed and lots of spiders. Lots of spiders and, and flies. All sorts of stuff. And hobos. Sticking in the salt and the saline. Salty Sally. <laughs> salt Air Sally. Salt Air Sally, that's right. I kept calling her Salty Sally too, every time. <laughs> Sorry, She's Salt Salty. She's Salty Sally to us. It's true. I would be salty being murdered. And in a salt lake? Come on. Yeah. It's not a cool place. No. No, no. I mean, it is and it isn't. Yeah. But I mean, to be killed. It's like looking at a swamp. Yeah. Like, swamps are, like, cool, but they're not cool at the same time because they're kind of dingy and gross. That's like the salt lake. Like, it's Uh cool, but it's not cool because it's kind of dingy and gross. Only there's no gators. There is no gators. Nope. Nope. Brian Shrimp. (laughs) Lots of skeeters that'll eat you alive, but not a gator. True. Those skeeters. So when What's they got that virus, <laughs> all the viruses, all the viruses. <laughs> so when they got, when they put him on Antelope Island and they were concerned that he could, um, that he could get back to shore easily, they took him by boat to Fremont Island, which is further out. So I, until this, I didn't even know there was more than just Antelope Island, but I've never been there. So I don't know. I didn't know that it was considered different islands. Like, I knew that there were different parts of it, but I thought it was all just antelope. Like, I didn't know that they had named them different places. Like, I did know... So, the way that I heard the story was that he was the grave robber, that he robbed an extraordinary amount of graves, that Brigham Young decided that the best suited punishment was to be exiled from, um, from... community from the community uh-huh. you basically weren't behaving like a human so they <laughs> you're gross go away yeah so they hitched him <laughs> off to one of the farthest they hitched him off to the island in antelope that was they hitched him off to antelope island to the farthest point is what i understood oh. like the point that was like in the middle of the lake where you couldn't swim easily any direction oh so he we went to fremont island and they left him with um with like food and water and rations and supplies and things um, six, that's a nice exile. Lots right. Of, you don't even get that. I, well, and that's the thing is that they couldn't really, they were only punishing him because of the social outrage. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Like Brigham Young was really just trying to please his followers because people were pissed. And then if he did the opposite, they wouldn't follow him. And then. And then he would have ended up on the island. And then, yeah, this this religion that we know nowadays would not have happened. So at that time, the island was used by um, a family by the name of Miller to graze their cattle. Um, and they would go back and forth to the island to bring John supplies. So six weeks after Baptiste's banishment, the brothers returned to the island to find that John Baptiste was nowhere to be found. There was a shack on the island, and it had been part- partially dismantled, and the carcass of a two-year-old heifer was laying nearby with parts of the hide cut into strip. They reasoned that Baptiste had used the leather from the heifer and pieces of wood from the shack to make a crude raft and make his way to the mainland. However, <laughs> there is no variable documentation of Baptiste from this point forward. Dun, 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 dun. 
1890, a group of hunters found a human skull near the mouth of the Jordan River, which is at the south end of the Salt Lake, nowhere near Fremont Island. In 1893, a partial skeleton was found missing its head with a ball and chain around its leg. Immediately, news reporters declared that John Baptiste had been found last and is most likely what started the rumors of the sighting of the ghost. However, Henry Heath made it very clear that Baptiste was never shackled or chained in any way during his exile. That being said, the Jordan River does empty into the Salt Lake. And it's the Jordan River. There's always dead bodies in there. Unfortunately, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that's uh-huh. true. And it's not just from nowadays. I'm sure it's like even back in the day. And when the Fremonts like, just throw bodies in there. The indigenous the nations like the Fremonts or the Utes or any of those, they would set up their nations close to the Jordan River because it was a source of clean water. Mm-hmm. So it's not clean when you're throwing dead bodies in there. Not anymore. White people. So that is the mysterious case of John Baptiste, and there is a urban legend that you can see his ghost roaming about the south side of the south side shore of this great salt lake. I feel we need to see this. Let's go ghost hunting sometime. Not right now because it's snowy. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Do you think we would see it, or is there like certain I've circumstances? Never- Honestly, the only time I heard about, so I heard about the legend when we were learning about Utah history, like in mm-hmm. fourth grade, and then I heard it again more in depth when I went on the, um, the haunted trail at the, oh my this gosh. This is the place. This is the place. Thank you. Uh-huh. Like I said a moment ago. Um, but I've never heard his, his tale of like how he haunts or like how you summon him or what people have seen. I, that's why I'm so suspicious about it because it's like you gotta have like something. Like he's a real he's a real dude. It's something that he's really happened, boy. and then he just disappeared. Yeah. Did you hear though that there is a mining camp in Montana that allegedly he was spotted there, and then someone asked him, and he did say he was John Baptiste. I did read that someone said that he was trying to make his way from his ban- his exile to Montana. Yeah. Um, I didn't read anywhere that someone had spotted him, so that's very interesting. Yeah, so there's that, and allegedly he is from France and went to Australia, probably because at that time it was just, that's where everyone put their prisoners, like, from the right. UK. And then he made his way to America. So any of our French or Australian listeners, if you know anything about Monsieur Baptiste, let us know. We, we really want to know if you guys know anything about Monsieur Baptiste. He's a really interesting character because in 1860, the census lists him as being born in 1813 in Ireland. But when he was in Australia, people who knew him said he could not speak English very well and had come from Venice, Italy. Some of those who knew him in Salt Lake thought he was a Frenchman. That's the Salt Lake people. You don't know anything. I mean, Baptiste. I'm going to look up the surname Baptiste because it sounds very French to me. Um, It also makes me think of Overwatch because it's a character on Overwatch. (laughs) He's a healer in case you guys are wondering. (laughs) Um... Oh, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. So he's obviously from from Europe somewhere, like Central or Southern Europe for his accent. He did come from um, 
Australia to Utah. So that much we do know. Um, the Baptiste surname is French and English. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very possible that he that he was a Frenchman and people just mistook him for speaking Italian because they're both romantic languages. It's true. They're they're more airy. They're you could tell the difference from yeah. that for German because that's guttural. Yeah. Um, and it's the words are very similar. Like, they borrow from each other. Right, because they're both based off of Latin, mm -hmm. whereas German is not based off of Latin. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> Whole bunch of angries. <laughs> angry. <laughs> There's something else I was going to look up, and I forgot what it was. Yeah. How cool would that be? My glasses hit that again. But how cool would that be to... Be so mysterious that you have your own legend after. And no one truly knows where where you're from. This is true. That'd be so cool. And like, where you're you're a real person. Yeah. And and but you still have the legend aspect of it. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Man. He knows. He knows what's cool. There he was a movie about him though. Mm -hmm. Um I remember seeing this on I think uh Netflix, but I never watched it. I'm just trying to I only saw it looking up information on him that there was a movie. I was like, wow. I just remember scrolling through something and being like, oh, man. Like, I know this story. So I need to watch that, and I need to watch the movie based off the Christmas Cabin murders. Yes. I still haven't watched that one yet, either. But now our viewers have all these high-quality program to watch program programs. Are we sure they're high-quality? <laughs> <laughs> The movie is called Redemption, and it was made in 2011. Oh, so it's not, like, insanely old. No. It's, like, 10 years. I was so, expecting, like, 70s. No. <laughs> Plot summary from IMBD. Henry Heath, a grieving lawman whose daughter has recently died, is assigned custody of the ghoulish Jean-Baptiste, a notorious ghoulish. robber of 300 graves. Against the perilous Utah desert terrain, Heath must somehow keep a marked man alive. Dun, dun, dun. So they make it sound like he, like, had this task of, like, <laughs> trudging him across the desert to Antelope Island when really it was just like, hey, we want to lynch mob this fucker. He stole my grandma's jewels. And they're like, well, he didn't really do anything. I mean, they were already dead. So we'll just schlup him up on this island over here. Here's the thing. <laughs> Not only that, but it said in the article that he went by wagon and then by boat. And you know what? He can sing, I'm on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm on a boat and it's going fast and I've got a nautical theme. Patch me to asking. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read this other IMBD uh, plot summary that was written by a Mr. Thomas Russell. Oh, perfect. Let's hear it. For robbing the dead is a story of compassion. Compassion towards those who seem the least deserving of Christian love. It follows the story of Henry Heath, a law officer in 1862 Salt Lake City. Heath finds himself responsible for the well-being of a prisoner, whom he despises. An impervished French immigrant named John Baptiste, who is convicted of robbing the graves of the recently deceased. Baptiste is exiled to Antelope Island in the Great Salt Lake, with no one willing to look after this man. Henry Heath becomes Baptiste's sole defense against the hostile isolation of Antelope Island and the contempt of an entire community. Through his somewhat reluctant service, 
dies, his heart softens and his own sorrow finds relief. <laughs> How did they spin this story into this? I don't know, but as you're reading that, I was thinking, you know, the 70s detective cheesy music where it's like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh. I, that's what I was like. I gotta look over here. Like I, <laughs> but just the more it went on, like I was like, oh my god. So a couple things about this. A couple things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that they say Christian love when it's about Mormons. I know Mormons who are highly offended when you like really? throw them in with Mormons. Yeah, aren't they all Christian? They are Christians. You all believe in that. But, like, it comes down to the Holy Trinity and how Mormons view the Holy Trinity a little bit different. And the fact that um, they also have prophets, modern-day mm. prophets. Well, there's the Pope with Catholics. That's I know, but he's the like Pope. Prophet. He's not a prophet. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You want to know who my Holy Trinity is? Who? <laughs> Cassandra Peterson, Bruce Campbell, and Weird Al. That's the only one anyone needs. That's Kira's holy trinity. <laughs> the other thing that's wrong is that uh, they talk about like how this is such a, you know, he's a, he, he was responsible for the well-being of a prisoner <laughs> and that he was in exile. He didn't do very well. <laughs> okay, so he was only there for a maximum of like two months. Second of all, it wasn't like he was exiled with nothing. They were giving him mm -hmm. food and rations and keeping him alive. Third of all, nobody was in charge of him. That's why he got away. Uh-huh. And lastly, he was not on Antelope Island. He was on Fremont Island. And 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 Heath Heath wanted to kill the man. There was no forgiveness. Yeah, that's the Who made this movie? I have some things that need to be redone. Yeah, and I really, really want to see this or hear the seventies detective music in this movie if I watch it because you know, and then like there's gotta be some frozen okay. and some bell bottoms. So the person who wrote the plot summer is the writer of the movie. That's why it was so dramatic. Mr. <laughs> Thomas Russell, I don't know if you're listening. Come on the show. But as a Utah native and someone who just, you know, not thoroughly, but investigated the disappearance <laughs> of John Baptiste, I have some notes for you and some questions. I'm so kicking over. Not thoroughly. <laughs> Chef kiss. Questions, <laughs> sir. Mr. Russell with I can't trust you because you have two first names Thomas Russell <laughs> nobody watched this movie I kind of want to just I want to watch it too but I mean come on <laughs> so allegedly how did this even get 5.7 out of 10 stars really yes I wonder what score I have on my IMDB check it how do I spell my name? <laughs> I can't even put my picture on my IMDb. You were talking about that on one of the episodes. I know. If anyone knows, I want to put it in without joining their club. Without joining their cult. I don't want to be in the IMDb cult. I just want to put my picture up. That's all I want to do. So I want to stop and talk about grave robbing. Yes, let's, let's hear this. Because I'm very conflicted about grave robbing. You are. You did the eyebrow. I know. You said Because, <laughs> uh, so the biggest question that I think everyone has is how long does someone have to be buried before it's no longer considered grave robbing and is now considered archaeology? Maybe once they're mummified? 
when they are decayed enough? I mean, technically, it only takes four weeks for a human body to decompose without mm. embalming. Hmm. Well, and it, would bugs and hum like weather and temperatures also be a factor into the? No, that's like across the board. Like oh, the just average all. time without embalming is four weeks. Not my body. <laughs> Mine would be four and a half just to stick it to the man. Or less. I mean, it's up to four. That's true. It just depends. It depends on. I don't have enough. Enough. The hummus. You know what? Because you have. Uh, because you are. You are. Because I'm a freak. Gluten, I'm a you freak. Actually, would probably go faster. Or like, if if wheat got in touch with your body, you would actually probably erode faster. Sweet. I'm gonna be like an end game, and I'm gonna disappear so way faster. To like, if anybody wants to murder Kira, please don't. <laughs> And take away the evidence of her body. Just, you know, let her decay near a flower factory. And she'll be fine. You want to know something, though. If what? I die, like, I'm just saying, like, our bowels, when we have celiac, not pleasant. Like, do you just, like, have <laughs> infinite amount of, like, stuff in your bowels forever that you never get out? Probably. That's sad. <laughs> That's how or sometimes you those. have too much spring cleaning. So the, but that's how you're going to be identified is because they're going to look at the, at the pool of stool. <laughs> pool of stool. <laughs> the pool of there's, stool. there's our first and album. Like, this is clearly a liter of fecal matter, and so this person had celiac disease. <laughs> she didn't chew her corn. <laughs> that's all I got out of it. She didn't chew her corn. Why is it red? She ate beets. <laughs> I love beets. They're delicious. It tastes like dirt. They kind of do. <laughs> but it's funny because sometimes I'll forget I ate them. And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm bleeding internally. No, it's just it's beets. Just beets. beets make you think that you're pooping blood. You're not. You're, it's just the dye from it's just, the beets. You can, if you want to dye your shit, just eat beets. <laughs> Why would anyone want to dye? There are weird people out there that are into weird things. So other weird things like digging up dead bodies. <laughs> dum 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 dum. The other reason I'm conflicted about this is because throughout our history in the United States alone, we have exhumed and moved entire burial plots and mm -hmm. cemeteries for our entire history. Yep. For reasons of... Greed. Yeah. Or like if there's something like, you know, a, a hurricane or a tornado yeah. or something. Those are generally the reasons you, you move a cemetery. But then there are housing developments and new schools and they've already been buried there. And the sad thing about that is when somebody's been buried for so long and, and they weren't buried by the same standards they are now, how do you even know you've even gotten everyone's remains? That's a very good point. So technically, anywhere you are in the United States, you could be actually standing on someone's grave. Because if you look at the United States history and the lay and the outlines of towns and cemeteries and things, they have gone pretty much everywhere across the state lines and the nation from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Yeah. The TV series is called Built on Graves. Built on Graves. So what it's about is it's a documentary series. Um, dealing with the real life current situations of grave recycling, cemetery abandonment, and how developers build home stores and businesses over top of old cemeteries. 
in many cases leaving the bodies in the ground and paving over them. Oh, that's a terrible surprise. That's the other thing, is that depending on how something was buried, once it's been buried too long, it now becomes a toxic matter to remove from the ground, so you can't exhume it, you have to just pave over it. Oh, that makes sense. So there's that. Hmm. There's also the concern of person's not getting any debtor. They don't need any of this stuff. And if you're a poor person, that's really tempting to see all this stuff that's not being used, that nobody needs, Mm -hmm. that you could go and resell. I just think of bacteria. (laughs) They wouldn't have known about that stuff. I guess that's true. And also, digging brought us modern medicine because doctors didn't have anyone to perform procedures on to know about the human body until grave diggers came by and offered them corpses. That's true. And then they'd murder people. Some of them would. They Uh would murder, and there were doctors out there that would actually ask to have fresh corpses. Yep. So, (laughs) this is where, I mean, me personally, do I think John Baptiste did anything wrong? Yeah. But I feel like it was a petty crime. Yeah. I don't feel like it was a crime of, the only thing that's truly outrageous is disturbing the dead, um, and to leave them in in a less respectful position than when he found them. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me and and why I can see why um, the Mormon pioneers were so outraged by it. But as far as a crime goes, I have a hard time. Yeah, he didn't need to be exiled. It was a cool punishment. It's very true. Like, it created the legend. Yeah, it was a very cool punishment, very creative, but it definitely was for show. I think it was more for Brigham's advantage than it was for anything else. Gave them the razzle-dazzle. What if he helped smuggle him out because he didn't feel it was necessary? Maybe. Like, he kind of helped him, like, hey, psst, come over here. Maybe Brigham Young also pocketed some of the stuff that uh, he took out of those graves. Yeah, it's possible. And that was his payoff to get him off of the island. Yeah. And then he sent him to Montana far away. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Brigham Young appointed him as like a special person, like a special elder to go spread the gospel in Montana. So he was absolved of all of his sins by Prophet Brigham Young and then train rode to Montana. Man, how cool would that be? Mormons. We solved another mystery, Mary. <laughs> and on your last uh, show. Yeah. One of the biggest mysteries in Utah history. You're welcome. <laughs> that probably most people don't even know about. No, it's not one that gets... I mean, I brought it up to you multiple times and you're like, I've never been to Antelope Island. Who's John Baptiste? Mm-hmm. And Who's I'm over here Baptiste? like, are you even from Utah? Sometimes I feel like I'm from the East Coast and not from Utah. Same. When I talk, people think I'm from the East Coast. It is true. <laughs> I You're swear just, way too much. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> You're just so good at not being Utah. Not being, You're not being the whole state. I'm not being the whole state. So aside from the mysterious case of grave robbing, what other strange things do humans do when people die? <laughs> Lots of things. What are some of the fascinating facts you found out around the world? Um, where was it? Was it in Philippines? In the Philippines, they will every year un- 
unbury the dead, give the, like wash them, bathe them, bathe them, give them makeovers, let them just hang out and dry, fix any the coffins if any repairs need to be done or replacing, and then they put them back. <laughs> so it's almost like they use their dead as dolls. They take yeah. them out of their containers, wash them up, put them in pretty clothing, and put them back. Yeah, only they look real creepy. That's... They'll give them makeovers. Like, there was one picture in the video I was watching where they're, like, styling this lady's hair. And her teeth are, like... Because <laughs> she's just dehydrated because she's just, like, skin. But it's like, I would be worried. I don't care if they're washed every year. You pull them out, you're getting disease. Yeah, that disease. seems like a way that, you know, we could get a monster virus. Yeah. Like COVID or something. Yeah. Playing with the dead. Yep. That's, that's, I mean, that's their culture. That's their way. It just doesn't seem very sanitary. It doesn't. Although, if the skin was dry, it was probably um, mummified. Yeah, yeah, they so look pretty mummified. mummified. It generally doesn't harbor any any nasties. I mean, that's why you know paleontologists are all up in that shit all the time. It's true. But then they get cursed. It's only the curse. It's not the diseases you get from the dead person nope. people. It's the curse. Just they put the curse. On. <laughs> what if? But John Baptiste was cursed. <gasps> I mean, it's only logical explanation. Besides, he's an alien. Aliens. It's in the Ogden area. Ogden. 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 I was watching, what was it? When we were doing one of our first episodes and they kept saying Ogden on a YouTube thing. I was watching, I was like, who the hell says Ogden? I liked it, so I started saying it. <laughs> Where's my Ogden people Ogden. at? <laughs> um, so in a... I can't pronounce. I'm gonna assume this is in Africa because yeah. it starts with the letter Z. But let's. No, it is in Iran. Wow, I was way off. <laughs> yeah. I'm still in the Middle East. You're this area. I know. I said Africa, <laughs> but when I said Africa, I was really thinking of Egypt. Now I think of the so, rains uh, down in Africa. Zora. Hold on. <laughs> Zora. Astronarium. Which is an ancient pre-Islamic religion. So the the predecessor to Islam. In this particular tradition, um, it requires vultures to keep its ancient burial ritual alive. A dead body is believed to defile everything it touches, including the ground and fire, and raising a corpse to the sky for vultures to devour was historically the only option. Bull's urine is used to clean the body before tools, which are later destroyed, are used to cut off clothing. The corpse is then placed atop a tower of silence out of the way of living who could be tainted by it. So that's interesting. They clean it off with urine, so with acid, mm-hmm. and they, you know, cut off the clothes and they destroy the tools or clean the tools, and then they put it up on like an altar or a pillar where it can be devoured by vultures. So that's kind of like one that I saw, and I can't remember where it was, but they have vultures pick away at the the flesh and stuff. Then when it's just the bones, they'll like crush the bones and mix it with. Um, some kind of flour, but it's a flour that I was like, oh, that'd kill me if I had to mix it. But they mix it with flour, a certain kind of flour, and make it for vulture food. So then, um, in a way, it's to get, not only to get the bodies away so it's clean and sanitary, Mm -hmm. but also so then it's their way to descend to heaven as the vultures fly into the sky. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty cool. 
No bull urine in that one, but... No cleaning with the acid. <laughs> yeah. In South Korea, um, they actually have... They take the ashes and they turn them into beads. That's cool. Um, so you can put the beads in vases or open dishes, or they can take center stage inside a home, and it's more de decor decorative than a conventional urn. Yeah. Um, the way that we dispose of bodies now is for business purposes, really, and business purposes only, especially in the 21st century with 7 billion people and mm -hmm. with still using fossil fuels and non-renewable sources. So the way that preparation is done now is that the body gets embalmed, which prevents it from decaying. Once it's uh, not been decayed, which is ironic because when you die, that's the whole point of dying is so you can decay. But once the body's not decayed, it's placed in, a, in some sort of container that container is then placed in another container that's made of concrete that's then sealed underground, and then you put the six feet of dirt on top of it. And the whole reason behind this supposedly is so that the human body okay. contaminants cannot get out into the world and make everything around it toxic. Can't get into local water streams, can't get into the soil, can't be eaten by animals that we turn around and eat, yada, yada, yada. Bullshit. You could cremate everybody and not have that problem. Yeah, I don't, like, and it's so much cheaper to do cremation over burial. It's more sanitary. It's more, but it's better for the environment, aside from the actual furnace and the yeah. CO coming out of it. Um, and it doesn't take up space. Um, it doesn't cost as much money. You don't have to move bodies if you go to redevelop. The only other thing, aside from the lucrative business that funerary expenses are, um, the only thing that holds us back from it is practices, our own emotional sentience yeah. and attachment to it. Well, I get one positive thing for burials mm -hmm. is like, if it's like a murder and they need to go and exhume the body to right. find new evidence. So there's one plus to that. Yes. And for those bodies, I think that you should hold on to them for a certain amount of time before yeah. you do cremate them. Same thing with people who choose to be cadavers. If yeah. you choose to be a cadaver and you want your body donated to science, more power to you. I think that's fabulous. They have a certain time frame where the body gets examined to a certain point and then they turn around and cremate it and give the ashes back to the family or spread it accordingly. Whatever mm -hmm. this may be. My point in bringing this up is that um, I, as much as I, I mean, I took on the, the moniker of Mary Postmortem for a reason, and my art is based off the fact that I have this morgue and, you know, I sculpt body parts and whatnot, like toes and fingers and all sorts of fun things to keep the aesthetic alive. But as fascinating as that is, and as big of a cornerstone to our life as it has been for the last 200, 300 years... It needs to change. Um, if nothing else, there's still people out there like John Baptiste that still violate graves, that still steal from them, mm -hmm. that still um, disrespect them. Um, and there's, I mean, we don't really have a purpose other than it's a tradition. Yeah. So it's. It's just one of those things I want to bring up so that everyone can kind of resonate on it and think that maybe in the future we won't. There'll be more stories and pictures like what we're doing as opposed to people actually being underground and rotting and then getting torn up so that a development can be put. Yeah. I mean, if you want to haunt something, just get cremated and spread your ashes everywhere. 
Then you can haunt multiple places. I mean, I don't know how the haunting will work. Like, are you designated to just one area, or can you choose where you go? I would always think that you could choose where you go. That'd be pretty cool. Then we would get into the ghost fluffers like we talked about in a previous episode. Then all my dreams could come true. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of fluffing people and dreams coming true. Ooh. Oh, we didn't do our song list. We gotta do that first. That's true. She's a tease. A she tease. teased you with the silver fox and I then pulled it back. She reeled it back. it back in. So while we're <laughs> moping around the graveyard, talking, debating about how people should be cremated or, you know, buried or whatever after they die, what, a, what are we listening to? What are we listening to? Well, mine's kind of like a tribute to you. To me? Yeah. Okay, so mine's more right along this show. <laughs> Yours goes with the show. Mine's like, I miss you, Mary. <laughs> so we're going to do mine because it goes along with the, with the theme of the show. <laughs> so I have Eulogy by Crypt Keeper 5. I have um, Grave Robber at Large by Creature Feature. <laughs> That's perfect. I have that sums up the show. I have two, or rather, I have her open grave by Mr. Monster. I have shallow grave <laughs> by Birthday Massacre. I have yawning grave by Lord Huron, and I also have dig up her bones by the Misfits. <laughs> I also have cemetery sock hop by the Rosedales. I've never heard of them. They're really good. I'll have to check them out. I highly recommend their first two albums. Don't look at their one that just came out like Do they only in have 2018. Three? No, they have three. Okay. But their one in 2018 is a different sound and I don't like it. Oh. They're just like horror punk and um, they do some like doo-wop songs. Like their first album is more like doo-wop-y horror. Oh, that's cool. So that song, Cemetery Sock Hop, from their first album, I have on here. And then, you know, after Baptiste gets caught, we have Democracy by The Damned. <laughs> yes. We have Island in the Sun by Weezer, <laughs> even though it was a stinky, salty brain. <laughs> it was still in the sun. I, I don't know. It gets pretty stormy up by the lake. Does it? A little bit. Uh. I mean, Island in the Sun is like a happy song. They're like, hip, hip. I can't imagine that John Baptiste was happy that he was on the island. And there's a monkey in that music video. Yeah. <laughs> but it was monkey. Island in the Sun. And then my last song was Ball and Chain by Social D. Yeah. Because he wasn't taken to the island with a ball and chain. And that's how I got back. I love it. So those so are all my much. grave songs. It's beautiful. I don't think I could have done well, so that's why I'm glad I went in this direction, because <laughs> because I'm going to miss my co-host in the physical form, because she's joining the other realm. The other realm. So, Mary, these yes. are for you. My songs. These are for you. So, I first went with Lizzo. Tempo. Yep. I mean, most of these are not your style, but they just... Different Lizzo. attributes of you, though, make me think of certain songs. I got Lizzo. That's awesome. You got two Lizzo's, actually. Because Lizzo's great, and, like, you I just... Lizzo. You empower. Yeah. And you're just, like, ba you're badassery. And I might actually <laughs> accidentally get a pasty stuck to my nip that I can't get off, like Lizzo. 
Yes, she posted on her Instagram story. She had like, she had a pasty on her nip, and she like, guys, and she like pulls out her tit, like she uh-huh. had big tits. She pulls out her tit, and she's like, I can't. She's like, pulling it off. She's like, I've tried oil. I've tried soap. I can't. I got the other one off after soaking in the tub, but I can't. Rubbing oh, alcohol. Skin. Rubbing alcohol loosens the adhesive. I, I, I didn't know otherwise I would have commented, but yeah. She, Lizzo, like, rubbing alcohol next time. I'm like, where did you pick up these pasties? Yeah, those are like some, some industrial pasties. Can you imagine like ripping off your oh, skin as you're trying to pull it off? Kind of, because when I did that ivy leaf with That's spirit right. gum on my nip as my homemade pasties for my Coachella poison ivy. Yeah, that kind of hurt because yeah. I didn't use the spirit gum remover. I just went. Yeah. Skin on your aerials is very sensitive. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> With that, we're going to go into number two. Tiger Army Outlaw Heart. Yay. Got to bring some Tiger bow, Army. Got to love that. Okay. Number three. I feel like they should be epically numbered because this is yeah. for you. Desert night under... Sorry. Lonely stars. <laughs> That's not a lot hard. Go on. Number it's three. beautiful. Halsey, nightmare because you're a badass. Because I give people nightmares? Because <laughs> you're a badass and you don't put up with guys' shit. That's, That's, That's what true. the song is. <laughs> That's what I was like. Oh, yeah. We're reeling it back to Lizzo for number four. Number four. Guess what song? Truth Hurts. No, but I almost put that on here. I, that I honestly was just going to do all Lizzo. <laughs> it was just all Lizzo. <laughs> I, I was, but I'm like, no, I got to mix it up a I little. I love Lizzo. I do too. <laughs> boys. Because <laughs> you like big boys, itty bitty boys. I like all the Mississippi boys. boys. Even the ginger boys. <laughs> all the ginger boys. All the ginger boys. <laughs> okay, now number five. Number five. Spinneret, ghetto love. Yes, because I'm from the ghetto. Yes. Dumpy. No, and it's a really catchy song. Yeah, but I love that it's a ghetto song because I'm from the Dumpy. <laughs> then we, then we gotta bring it up higher to Alicia Keys because you're Superwoman. So we gotta do that, and then in this moment, Fighter because you're a fighter. Because I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then this one is because you deal with me. <laughs> is it the Macarena? Oh God, no! <laughs> I hate this song. Is it Rammstein? No, they're not on this oh, list. Oh, okay. Oh, I should have thought of that, but I was like trying to think from my heart. It's okay. Go on. <laughs> Guns and Roses, patience. Oh, <laughs> that's so perfect. I know. So I was like, she has to deal with me. I need to find a song. And it has a ginger because of Axel Rose. Double whammy. Double. Double penetration. Double penetration. <laughs> and then this is Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Aww. And I. Uh, I think I'd keep her Sutherland on The Simpsons when he's doing the the Homer bodyguard camp and he's like, and I, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ready for number 10. Yes. Any any going away anything, you have to play this song. Boys. Good riddance? No. Like Green Day? No, it's Boys to Men, End of the Road. Oh, my heart. Because it's touching. <laughs> and then I just wanted to listen to all the boys to men's. I love boys to men. I do too. I even love Bended the. Bended knee. Uh huh. Right in the heart. All of the it. Hot. Uh, 
Which is that your favorite Boys to Men song? It's probably the only one that I remember like clearly from my childhood. Ugh. I know there's like three or four that I like. End of the Road would have been a good one too. I mean, that was the one I picked. What the hell's the other one? Um. Uh, shit. Like their bebop one with like boys to men. <laughs> That one's ABC, good too. BBD. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that one. <laughs> no, it's their other really sad one. Uh, I don't know. I think I know what you're talking All about. All of them. Both of those two sad ones made me think of you leaving. Oh, I know. It was like, I mean, you're not leaving, but you're physically leaving. I'll be, po- I, you can always get out the Ouija board and summon me. It will be fine. I'm like, all hail Mary. And just know while I'm doing a bunch of adult, you know, stupid adult things. That I will be wishing I would rather be here. <laughs> but Kira did get me this awesome book by Hell Mr. Yeah. Dan Gilden of Terribly Awesome Dad Jokes. Dun, dun, dun. So that when she does summon me, I have plenty of ammo. Are you listening? <laughs> my Spot addiction this. to helium is out of control, but no one takes my cries for help seriously. <laughs> good is terrible why did the couch go to the bank i don't know why to get his quarterback (laughs) (laughs) wow that was a bad one (laughs) where's the other one i saw in here that was really funny hold on what concert can you visit for 45 cents i don't know 50 cents plus nickelback (laughs) wow See, I was going to say 50 cent, but I was like, no, because that's five cents short. (laughs) Could you imagine those two touring together? (laughs) Whenever a big bug hit the windshield and left a mark, my dad would say, it sure took a lot of guts to do that. (laughs) I can picture my dad saying that. (laughs) With a very serious face. (laughs) I like this one. Dad, hey son, what are you drinking? Son, soy milk. Dad, hola, milk, soy padre. (laughs) (laughs) My chair thought it was funny too. It is noisy today. It is noisy. Thanks for explaining the word many to me. It means a lot. So now that I've revved you up with those jokes, who revs our engine as our silver fox this week? John Stamos. Sexy Uncle Jesse from Mm -hmm. Full House. Made every girl fall in love with him. If you didn't know what type of guy you liked as a little girl, you definitely liked Uncle Jesse. Uh Uh-huh. Be it his hair, his face, or his super cool personality. How can one man just be so attractive in, in like, one package? Like, from the hair to, to, like, everything. Like, there was never adult, like, there's never a bad moment with John Stamos. You know what I mean? Like, his sexiness has been consistent. It's very true. Hmm. I mean, he has aged, but he's aged... Well! Like, very mellow. Yeah! you could just pop him into a... And, like, you could, like, Photoshop edit him out of an episode of Full House and then have him record all of his lines and then just put that in and you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Other than the mullet, you wouldn't know. 
Yeah. I mean, that needed to go. It definitely needed to go. Do you remember that episode when he cut off his hair? He, like, got into the... Someone... He, like, went to a new hairdresser and they did it wrong. And, like, he came back with his motorcycle helmet on and he took it off and everyone was like... Vaguely. That is one of the episodes that stands out in my heart. Because... Uncle Jesse was gorgeous with long hair, but mm-hmm. short-haired Uncle Jesse, her, her. Mm. He put a lot of little girls into puberty real fast. Yes, very much so. <laughs> mm, Stamos. Yes. His wife, or his ex-wife, Rebecca Romaine. Mm-hmm. There was, it was funny, there was a joke, I don't remember who it was, I don't remember which comedian, but some comedian had a joke that, like... You knew it was serious when she de-stamosed her name. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. You don't want to be associated if there's baggage. Right. Well, she... I thought it was weird that she kept his last name anyway, because, like, that... It's that just That was weird. a really weird thing back in the 90s. Like, women just didn't do that. They didn't take on their husband's last name. They just kept their, their own name. Mm-hmm. But... I remember when they were a couple, I was very pleased with aesthetically how they looked because at the time I had this OCD problem where it would really bother me if I saw a really attractive person with a, le- a lesser attractive person. <laughs> and Rebecca Romaine and John Stamos were the only two people at that time that I felt were equally attractive for each other. I agree. <laughs> so like they're, so when they got divorced, I was very distraught because then she went and was with Jerry Connolly. Yeah, he's and goofy. Jerry Connolly is adorable. Like he is he's a good-looking dude. Adorable though, he's but not he is Stamos not John stats. Stamos. <laughs> and so I was very conflicted when she went from Stamos to a Connolly. I was like, <laughs> but now you're now you're the prettier one of the two, and you were so equally matched with it's, John. But maybe he's more funny than John That's was. True, because John's. I mean, John seems like he'd be funny, but Jerry seems way. What's his name? Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry okay. Connelly. Yeah. He seems like he'd be more comical. Yeah. Probably more dedicated as a husband, too, in terms of, like, emotionally nurturing. Because he's not as pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I kind of, I don't know, the older I get now, I kind of like the balance of one being prettier than the other. Because there's a the good emotional balance there, usually. Because when you're right. both super pretty, it's different. Yeah. No, because you have a different perspective of the world. Uh-huh. Pretty. Yeah. But. Pretty privilege. I No, I agree with you. As Now that I'm like an adult adult, right? Like I've, I've had, you know, my puberty. I've had my 20s. I'm now in my 30s. I've had my 20s. <laughs> now I'm in my 30s. Like I've, I've had my, you know, my stepping stones and my learning lessons. And now I'm here. Um, I'm the same way. Like it's not so much about the aesthetic properties of the person it's about the whole package mm-hmm. and generally when people are really aesthetically motivated they're really there's not much more they have to offer you mm-hmm. yeah so, i can see it i can see it i did love uncle jesse's portrayal of of how much he loved um the character's wife rebecca yeah because with that like even though uncle jesse had his you know, his uh, shortcomings and Rebecca helped him mature as like an adult man in the TV series. He was very thoughtful and considerate and romantic to her. And I I remember another episode that sticks out in my mind is, um, I can't remember if this is right after they got married in the, 
in the show or if this is right after they started dating. But Rebecca's talking about how she misses the snow at Christmas time in Nebraska because they're in California, they're in San Francisco. Uh huh. And Jesse gets somebody with a snow machine to come. I to remember the house. that. And he gives Rebecca. He's like, "Here's part of your present," and he hands her gloves. And she's Aww, like, "What am I going to so need cute. this for?" He's like, "Come outside." She comes outside and it's snowing. He had got someone to blow snow into the yard so that she could experience Christmas as she remembered. And, like, that episode always stuck out to me because of how endearing and thoughtful Uncle Jesse had been. Absolutely. Hear that, men? Yeah. You need to be more like Uncle Jesse. (laughs) Yes. Minus the mullet. Definitely no mullet. No. And if you're not as attractive as Uncle Jesse, you need to be doubly thoughtful. Absolutely. Because, you know. Chicks like that. <laughs> it's true, we do. I mean, if we're hanging out with you, we already like you. Yeah, but I mean, if you lay it on, like, double thoughtfulness, it's even better. But be sincere. Don't, yeah, don't bamboozle no. us with no. lies. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. No. No, 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 no. Was he, I feel like he's only, I mean, I've seen him in commercials now, but what else is he in? He's in quite a few different series that I've seen throughout the years. I just can't remember them. Full House is obviously his biggest success. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is that apparently Dave Coulier, John Stamos, and uh, Bob Saget are all still really good friends. And they all, um, you know, make jokes about... <laughs> They're even in the new, um, the new Fuller House yeah, on Fuller Netflix. House? That's right, they are. I didn't watch that, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> the, so the premise was that DJ and Stephanie were living there together, or... And Kim. Oh, Kimmy. Kimmy, yeah. Kimmy from next door. Uh-huh. And then they always make fun that Michelle's never there, because... She didn't want to do this. She didn't. I mean, I don't blame the Olsen's twins. Like, they had a, quite a bit of success after. <gasps> John Stamos is in you. I knew it. Is Have you ever what? seen that? No. Okay, so it's a Netflix, Netflix series um, called You about a stalker who thinks that he can stand like four feet away from you and wear a blue baseball cap and you don't know he's there. Oh, okay. It's like when a kid's trying to hide. That's what it reminds me of. Only in the show, he's not there. Although in this last season, someone called him out on it and I was like, fuck, finally. Third season later, someone's finally like, dude, I see you in that hat. (laughs) And then he still wore it anyways. He did not change. That's funny. So he's in Scream Queens. Oh, I forgot about that. Big Shot, uh, ER. I didn't know he was in the ER. Me either. General Hospital, the Alice in Wonderland movie. Um, in 1985, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I was like, I figured you were talking about the... Step by step. I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff, but nothing I've seen. I've seen some. Like, you is the latest one, because I was like, no, he's in something. Um... I the Little Mermaid like him better with a shaven face as opposed to a beard. I'm gonna say that right now. I need to see this. Because <laughs> he looks a little Grizzly Adams with his beard. I love facial hair, so let me see. I do too, but when it's like really, I like his scruff when it's like kind of scruffy. Mm. Like 
Scruff is hot, like five o'clock shadowy scruff. Yeah, I like the five o'clock scruff. He he can give me like a sandpaper burn. That's cool. I do like his eyebrows. I like how they're they're very thick. I normally am not a fan of thick eyebrows, but just it it works for him. He has a very intense um, look about him, like his eyes, particularly underneath his his brow line. Mm-hmm. He has a very intense stare. That's not a bitch face, but like a very intense. <laughs> like he's you know. staring into your soul. Yeah, I like it. Ooh, okay, so I loaded up the picture with him with a beard. More than five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Doesn't look like him. I know. He kind of looks like Jim Carrey with a beard. Now. I think I like it. So I was going to say, before you said that, that Although. it's still kind of hot. Just not for Stamos stats. Although in this pose, yeah, lighting. yeah, that's what was like looking because they're like right yeah. next to each other. I was like, he's kind of hot, but you can't compare him to John Stamos, even though it is like he would be hot for a whole other person. He looks like Jared Leto in this picture. He kind of does. He kind of looks like Jared Leto with a beard. Like when you see Jared mm. Leto with a beard, it kind of looks like John Stamos. Now I kind of want to do one of those pictures where you take each of the, a side of their face <laughs> and mash it together. A stetto. A stetto. We need a stetto. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not... He's yeah. got to be one of the only guys that I've okay. said no I, on. I am not digging this one where he shaved like the... Shaved that kind of beard. Yeah. I don't like, like that a, one. Like a goatee, like a Van Dyke yeah. goatee type thing. I don't like that. But when it was like just five o'clock shadow or if it's full beard, I like those more than this. This is not good. Yeah. So th- this is going to be a no on his beard. And like this is a shock because we usually yeah. are always like beards. But I'm accepting of five o'clock shadow. So... Mr. Mr. Stamos, you're going to be our, our only silver fox that we are going to ask to remain beards. <laughs> but please, give us your, your gaze. We want the smolder from you. Your gaze. Mm, our Greek god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he I'm was... trying to think of a Greek joke and I can't think of <laughs> I can't either. I'd was... love to be, I'd love for him to hold my atlas. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That was a nerdy joke if I ever heard one. I love it. He can keep he can keep me Greek. Oh Oh. So his wife is Caitlin McHugh. She's the same age as us. She was born in nineteen eighty six. Dude, what the hell? Where are our hot silver foxes? Hey, how come I can't find a silver fox? Yeah, I want one too. Silver foxes if you're listening. Marry us. <laughs> but to you, sexy Uncle Jesse, John Stamos, we love you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being our sexy silver fox. Yes. I will take my ballet off to you. Hat hair. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. You'll you'll hear from me again. You'll hear from Kira. All the time. Not we're all still, the time. We're still around. Yep. We'll still keep it going. It'll just be mostly me. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> you guys are in for a whole other other experience here in, in the solo, lonely 801 world. <laughs> I have yet to fall to the other side. 
<laughs> don't judge me harshly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but to you faithful listeners, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being spooky and silly with us. And thanks for putting up with my <laughs> shenanigans and making it entertaining for all of us. Mary, we'll miss you. <laughs> I'll miss you too. But I won't be far away. I'll still be able to boo you. <laughs> I'd get a text, boo you whore. Ah! Boo you whore. (laughs) So, Mary. Yes, Kara. Where can they find us? Our listeners can find us at 801-whore-0-c-c-u-l-t on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And if they are so bold as to email us, they may do so (laughs) at 801-whore-cult-vix-v-i-x at gmail.com. So make sure you follow us, make sure you interact with us, and make sure you keep listening to us. And spread us like the plague. Like the COVID. So, Mary, as a part of the 801 Horror Occult, I'm going to miss you, my podcasting sister. I'm going to miss you, too. That can start cheesy sounds. (laughs) My horror-loving, murder-solving sister. (laughs) Insert sad sound here, Zach. Or, you know, like, 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 We did it though. We did it. We did August to December 20 episodes. Hell yeah! Almost 500 downloads. Multiple countries. Uh huh. Shabby. Nope.